0: All right. All right. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that, man. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Hey, yo, man. It's your boy, King Known. And um, this is King Known Uncensored, the most hottest opinion in the streets. And God damn it, we got new music Fridays for the week of December 10th. Oh, boy. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, a lot. I got a shit ton of music this week. To review for y'all. But before we get to that, yeah, man, just just I just want to send a special shout out to my nigga Will Smith, man. You know what I'm saying? Mental, you know, physical abuse is wrong, but mental abuse affects people as much as physical abuse, and that shit is wrong. And just for that, we gotta lift every chick and sing for my nigga Will Smith. Nah, 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 nah Alright But anyway Before we get to anything, right We're gonna start off Um, play that shit Alright Um, Luca has come out Luca Dross. <laughs> Luther Doncic yeah big luther not little luther Doncic <laughs> has said that he's interested in playing with ben simmons i'm surprised about that because mm, the way that ben and luca play don't match unless he luca's finally gonna try to uh play off the basketball and take some of that goddamn weight off and speaking of weight The report that I had about... Well, there was a report that came out that Zion was weighing 330 pounds. Bullshit. I'm like, he weighed what? I was like, there's no way. Like, I didn't think he weighed 330. I said 275 pounds max. I didn't believe that when I heard that. Because there was no way that this nigga would balloon up to 330... If he's rehabbing, if he's training, if he's participating in five-on-five drills, how could he be 330 that fast, for one? And there was a recent picture that came out with Zion, and he looked like he lost weight. He looked like he lost a lot of weight. It looked like he was 245, 245, 250. Now, yes, Zion is aware that we make fat jokes. And everybody else in sports is making fat jokes about him. He knows. Obviously, he took those jokes and turned them into work. Turned it into progress. Turned that into success. Turned that into a chiseled body. Pause, but y'all niggas know what time it is. Uh the Lakers lose to the Ja Morantless Grizzlies. A lot of people are saying that they're in trouble because of this, because everybody played. And um Everybody said that Anthony Davis suffered a thumb injury in that game, and he's not playing tonight. As far as I'm concerned, there's some blame to go around for the Lakers' struggles and uh, lack of consistency, no defense, poor GM work, poor construction of the team. It's not necessarily all Anthony Davis's fault that this is happening, but me from a particular standpoint, right, I feel like Anthony Davis should play a lot better than what he's playing. He's talking about, I'm going to continue to shoot threes, but you're shooting 16 17% from three, which is the worst of your career. Stop shooting. You see, Russell Westbrook stopped shooting jump shots and stuck to his game plan, and he is looking like the best player on the Lakers right now. Russ. Has been balling the last couple of games, and I feel like this. Um, these dudes. Here, here's the thing, right? You know what's funny? <laughs> people are, people, you know, these Lakers fans, these delusional ass Lakers fans, right? They keep telling me, oh, everything's gonna be alright, everything's gonna work out, everything's this, everything's that. No, it's not gonna be okay. Because out of the contenders right now, in a seven-game series, the only teams that are contending that the Lakers can beat is Dallas and Denver, even though Denver's on a downward spiral due to injuries. I mean, and then um, it's another team that they could possibly beat. I mean, they could beat Portland for sure. But all the rest of those teams, you're not beating the Clippers in a seven-game series. You're not beating a healthy Denver Nuggets. You're not beating a Utah Jazz. You're not beating the Memphis Grizzlies. They're beating you without Ja Morant. And then you lost to the Thunder twice and they played a Thunder tonight without Anthony Davis, that's not going to look good. The main issue is the Lakers have not took advantage of the gimme games, meaning that games that matter, like games against weaker teams, they're losing. Games against contender, you know, if they're losing against the Thunder. I can't imagine what they do against Utah. Phoenix, Golden State, which, who, those are the three best teams in the West to me. And the Lakers not beating them in a seven game series. No way, no how. It, take, it has to take catastrophic injuries to all those teams for the Lakers to win. Yeah, people are still thinking that this team is going to win the championship or go to the championship. No way, no how. A lot of y'all got to put y'all feelings and your fandoms to the side and actually be objective. Actually be like, you know what? This team ain't good enough. And I truly do believe that I don't think that Braun, AD, and Russ should be traded, but I would look into trading maybe Braun and AD, maybe. Maybe. to see what packages they get for them. I would, I would think about that. Or, I'd change around the role players. I'd keep those three and grab some better role. i keep those four, actually, you gotta add mellow. I'd keep Russ, Mellow, AD and LeBron and trade everybody else, trade and cut everybody else. And get some younger pieces. Shit, I try to I try to call up Sacramento for Buddy Hill. Cause low-key the Lakers need youth. They need defense. They need shooters. And then uh, maybe I'd keep Ariza. But I I cut Avery Bradley. I'd cut Ray John Rondo. I'd cut DeAndre Jordan. I'd keep Dwight. Um, Taylor Horton Tucker, I'd give him more minutes. I'd give Samuel from Soul Food a little bit, a few more minutes out there on the court. I'd give that white boy more time, Austin Reeves. He could shoot. He could play. Um. But, yeah, that's what I would do to keep it a buck with y'all. I'd either try to trade AD and LeBron. Here's why, right? Anthony Davis has been injury prone his entire career. And this season he hasn't really shown anything. He hasn't shown that he can take charge of this franchise and take this team to a championship without veteran leadership. And then LeBron is old as fuck. He's 39, 38 years old. The nigga is 100. All right? That would be the only reason why I would try to get something for those guys. And keep Russ and Carmelo. And then just put better role players around Russ and Melo. And less work. I definitely call the Indiana Pacers. They're the old, they're the ones that's, you know, doing the selling. You gotta call the sellers to see what we can buy. Just stating the obvious, Captain Obvious. Oh man, there's this dirty fucking rumor coming out of the Sportscasters Union, right? From what I hear. Jalen Rose and uh, Molly Karam have divorced after uh, a three-year marriage, and they have claimed to be separated for the last year. They claim to be separated for the last year, and all of a sudden there's this dirty rumor that comes out that Stephen A. Smith is is messing with Molly Karam. I know a lot of people are saying that this isn't true and this is cap. I wouldn't be surprised by uh, Stephen A. Smith doing some snake ass shit like that. This man, Stephen A. is on the fucking NBA on ABC panel with Jalen. But he that type of nigga that he don't want his own bitch. He wants your bitch. He wants your girl. He wants your wife or your ex-wife. Or your ex-girlfriend and he that type of nigga that's not gonna ask permission either and not gonna keep it he ain't gonna keep it a book Stephen A. Smith is that type of guy bro and I I wouldn't be surprised if he made a pass at Molly Caram. now it hasn't been confirmed this is all alleged this is all alleged and this is a terrible rumor. If this is true, Stephen A. has got to be the worst black man ever. And I mean ever. He might be the biggest piece of shit ever. We talk shit about how classless Steve Harvey is, but Stephen A. Smith is the wor- would be the worst, the absolute worst. If this nigga really did this, Yay and Drake concert. I didn't watch that shit. I ain't watched that shit. I saw bits and pieces of it though, but I ain't watched that entire shit though. But I heard that Kanye was forgetting a lot of the words, and Drake, Drake, Drake's performance was trash, from what I hear, because he kept performing shit off Certified Lover Boy that nobody really gives a fuck about or shit about. I heard they did forever, though. That's something that people want to hear. They ain't heard those verses in a minute. And Ye was forgetting the words. It's kind of funny to me. But let's move on to the main event, man. It's 14 minutes in. I know y'all been waiting on it. It's New Music Fridays. All right. The first thing I checked out. All right, man. There's been... I have a particular feeling about this rapper. Right? Right? His name is Russ, right? I know I don't know if y'all are familiar with him. I'm pretty sure you are. I don't know how this nigga blew. I don't know how this nigga has had this much success. I don't know how this nigga is on his 14th album. I don't know how. I don't know who keeps opening up this nigga's budget. Because I didn't I didn't before this project came out, I didn't think he was anything. I don't think he was appealing. I don't think he was special. I don't think he was he could rap. His song structure is corny as fuck. And he was cornier than Logic to me. That's how bad. I mean, Logic can rap though. That's the difference between Russ Russ and Logic. So this is the first Russ project I ever checked out. And I'm going in this bitch, putting my prior judgment to the side so that I could see if there was any improvements. And I was proven wrong. Russ is an okay rapper. He's all right.
1: You know, you can tolerate him.
0: But what drew me to Russ's project was the features. This man had so many features on this project. This nigga had Psy High the Prince. This nigga had um, West Side Gun, Conway. He had Lloyd Banks. He had Ransom, Papoose. Um, he had, um, yeah, those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head right now. Oh, yeah, Big Sean, Joey Badass, Hit Boy, Wale. This nigga had a loaded feature album. It was hard to turn that down because I wanted to turn it down bad. And then he had production from Ninth Wonder, Jake One, and, and motherfucking Primo. But Chomp 2, let's talk about Chomp 2. That's the name of it, Chomp 2, because he released an EP last year that was pretty fucking good called Chomp 1. And he followed the same format by getting these super lyrical rappers. And, you know, Russ kept up with them. It wasn't like he was terrible alongside them. He sounded pretty good. Gotta give credit where credit is due. This album is, is pretty good. I didn't, I didn't necessarily particularly care for the hooks, though. The hooks weren't really that awesome to me, but everything else was crazy, though. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Game. I forgot Game was on here. But my highlights, I mean, Ransom's verse on Blue Chip was sick. Game's verse on Nothing New was sick. Uh, Salute was Styles and... West Side Gun was crazy Um, Faith with Russ and Kiss crazy Free with Big Crit and Snoop Dogg and Premiere dope Top of the World I forgot who was on here fuck it was someone of relevance yeah I might have to google this shit because my whole my iPod is not showing everything man, even they talking about it as an album of the year candidate, and I'm like, hold on, man pump your motherfucking brakes the album is good but it's not that fucking good it's good, but it's not good enough Um, yeah, J Electronica was on Top of the World, J Electronica was, verse was dope my favorite song on here is "Note to Self." "Note to Self" was crazy, cause it had uh, Big Sean, Joey Badass, and Wale on here. Crazy verses. Joey Badass had that had the best verse of the album to me. You'll understand if you watch Power, uh, Raising Canaan. You'll understand. Um, Hustler Freestyle was mid-distance with Ghostface Killer and Conway the Machine. Crazy. Get it with. Lloyd Banks and Sigh High the Prince was dope, but the hook was trash. Enjoyed the view with Mozzie. I'm not a Mozzie fan. I don't like Dude. That was the weakest song on here, but it wasn't like the song was dog doodoo breath. It was just mid. Golden was okay. Yeah, Chop 2 was pretty good, but album of the year, y'all niggas need to chill the fuck out and smoke a goddamn pack of cools or something. Russ is cool. He has improved over the years. He's still a cornball, though. Alright, let's move on to the homie Matt Hami. Matt Kami released another project. I don't think it was through Griselda called Balance Show. Um, it was pretty decent work, man. I mean, I I loved I loved one of the songs on here. I'm, I'm trying to remember what the title was. Damn, he got all these. I'ma say wooden nickels is my favorite joint on here. Cause he, you know, he's Haitian, so he's got all these tracks named after Haitian soliloquies. And I can't fucking pronounce this shit. I like La I like La Deutsch. I can't fucking pronounce that shit. I like Separation of the Show. I like um traditional. Traditional was hard money madness and self-love fucking dope yeah i enjoyed matt Kami's uh project man it was called uh balance show hot candles basically that's what that means in haitian language um let's move on to um rick ross the biggest boss boss huh than I ever been you know what this uh, this reminds me of this reminds me of uh, the album that came out before that one rather you than me it's on par with that album is it a classic no is it dope yes I'm not gonna put this in the classic category But what I can say is, it's a dope album for Ross. It's very, very much fire, though. Yeah, you can't just slap classic on everything that sounds good because we're in an era that is whack as fuck. You know, you can't slap classic on everything that's good. You can slap classic on something that's different, something that's unique, something that is interesting. But um Little Havana, I it that song is okay. Not necessarily like the biggest fan of that song. The Pulitzer though. Timbaland, man. God damn you, Timbaland. You're so fucking awesome, bro. You so fucking awesome with these beats, bro. You so fucking dope. Um, rapper estates with Benny the Butcher. Man, 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 man. Fire. Marathon was pretty good. I like Marathon. Warm Words in a Cold World. Is that the name of that song? Yeah, I got to stop looking at my iPod for shit. (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying, bro. I mean rick ross delivered on this album for sure um wiggle with dream doll um i'm gonna be honest with you dream doll is whack bro i'm sorry i don't see what the world sees in her she's not really that good But she's better than Sweetie and Coyla Raylo. That's how I measure her up against average female rappers. And niggas know that I love me some, some ladies. I love the ladies. I love the little female rappers or whatever. Yeah, warm words in the cold world. I love it. With Wale and Future. I like that Future tried something different. And didn't rap on the same beat like he always does. I like that he tried to rap on a different beat. He did pretty good on there. It's one of my it's arguably my favorite song on here. Can't be broke. Was decent. Wasn't my favorite song on here. Young'in ace kinda of straight though, I ain't gonna lie. Made it out alive with blast. That was cool. Outlaws with Jasmine Sullivan and 21 Savage. That's decent. Imperial High was dope. Richer Than I Ever Been was crazy. And Hella Smoke with Wiz, fire. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed Richer Than I Ever Been. But um, it, it just is a mirror of rather you than me. And since Ross set the bar high with Port of Miami, th- Miami 2, I was a teeny tiny bit disappointed. But not that much. Not that much. This is still a good project. Definitely has great replay value. Um, A Boogie with the Hoodie released an EP today but called Before Ava. I don't know what that's about. I don't know what the concept was about. I didn't... Do a background story on the concept. I just listened to the project. I'm guessing maybe he's coming out with an album called Ava, but I don't know. Um, notifications, man. That is a bop. That is a bop. Uh, I- I'm trying to remember. Was this was this track called Girls Go Down or Making You Cry? No, that was Glasses. I think. Glasses has some funny shit in there. That was hilarious. And then, um, Girls Go Down. A Boogie was, was talking some real shit on here. B Free was dope. 24 Hours with Lil Dirk. Eh, not really the biggest Dirk fan. I'm sorry. Lil Dirk has been mid. These normally killing features, but this one is very forgettable. Oh, man, the highlight of the day for me, the highlight project of the day was Big Boy and Sleepy Brown's album called Big Sleepover. And this has been highly anticipated by fans of the Dungeon family. And Big Boy and Sleepy Brown have been talking about this project for years. And I am impressed that these two guys who are veterans of the game, veterans On you know in hip-hop history sleepy brown is legendary he has a legendary voice he has a recognizable voice and he's very underrated as far as singers is concerned but yeah big boy and sleepy brown killed that shit bro top to bottom and CeeLo makes a couple appearances on here CeeLo was body and shit on here. Killer Mike. Man. Killer Mike was the star of this album. Even though Big Boy held it down. But Killer Mike was body and shit. And it's live instrumentation, man. It, it, and along with NPCs. But the beats and the the production on here was fucking incredible. Man, Animals was crazy. We the Ones is probably the best song on here. Sucker Free was crazy. And You, the Sleepy Brown solo, solo track was fire. I mean, this is crazy, bro. Do your best was fucking fire. Return of the Dope Boy with Killer Mike and Backbone. Backbone was snapping on here, by the way. Like, if you're a fan of the Dungeon Family era, because they had a long run. We talking about from, like, 93 all the way to, like, I don't know, maybe 04, 05-ish, before Andre, you know what I'm saying, took a break. But them niggas was dominating, like the Goody Mob, like Backbone, like Outcast. you know what I'm saying, CeeLo, you know, Killer Mike, Slim Calhoun, you know what I'm saying, Witch Doctor. cool breeze and shit like that. Y'all niggas know. If y'all Dungeon Family fans like me, y'all niggas know what time it was on that. Y'all know what time it is. The big sleepover was definitely the highlight of the day, bro. I was impressed. Moving on. Wiz Got Wings. Um... Wiz Khalifa teamed up with producers Cardo and Sledgerin, and you know the guys behind Cushion Orange Juice. You know I was expecting something close to that when I heard this project, but guess what? It wasn't what I thought it was gonna be. It slow. It started off slow. The first four tracks were kind of whack, but it picked up around Purple Fantasy, and the second half of this project was fire, though. I mean, my favorite track is Black Tarantino, Fire. Uh, The Kid Frankie part two was disappointing because first of all, the original Kid Frankie is probably my favorite Wiz Khalifa song of all time. I live life sucker free. You know what I'm saying? Like the Kid Frankie one, that's my favorite Wiz Khalifa song. Now y'all talking there while we living it. Man, that's my shit. But the Kid Frankie part 2, he shouldn't have never did a sequel, leave certain shit alone. No better with Larry June, solid, even though I don't like Larry June, I'm pretty sure people know that. Um, The finer things were dope. More Than Ever was crazy too, he was snapping on there, Wiz Got Wings, dope. But um, this project was okay, it wasn't anything illustrious or exciting. It's just yet another disappointing Wiz Khalifa project, man, you know, and that's been pretty much the story of his career most of the time. (laughs) I mean, maybe Rolling Papers 2 was was arguably his best album to me, but his albums have always disappointed and underwhelmed. Last but totally not least. Alicia Keys released an album called Keys. Now, I like the idea and the concept of it. The idea was, you know what I'm saying, some of her songs, you know, she had made an album and then made, she made one album of songs and then she made another album with the remixes of the songs. And I'm guessing that she's leaving it up to the listener to decide which one was better. And we're going to go down the line here. We're going to take a look at this. Um, Plentiful was dope. Skydive was dope. Best of me. Like, there are two versions of best of me. They both sound the same. I like the original Plentiful with Pusha T. Well, actually, there wasn't no remix to Plentiful. My bad. Skydive. Um. I like both versions of Skydive. Best of Me Unlocked. Um. Um. And best of me the original, they both sound the same. But the second one just adds a few keys to it. So I like the second one better. Um, Dead End Road. Um I hated the remix to Dead End Road. Didn't like it. Didn't like it that much. Uh, Lala. There wasn't a remix to Lala. But Lala with Sway Lee, fire. Fucking fire. Um, Is It Insane? Man, listen. Is It Insane, the original? It felt like you was listening to Adele. The remix was whack. Because they tried to, uh add I think they tried to make it up tempo or they added the beat to it or not up tempo but they just added drums to it and isn't insane sounds better with just the piano I love the original version of Bill- Billions. I love the concept. I love the song. Probably one of my favorites on here, if not my favorite song. Next to Best of Me. Um, The remix to Billions was uh, up-tempo and had a techno vibe to it. And I respect that. I like it. You know, some people wouldn't appreciate Alicia constructing a concept like this. But, um, Love When You Call My Name. Um, that's tough. I like the uh, remix version of Love When You Call My Name better than the original. But it's not by that much. Come For Me. I like the original Come For Me than the remix with um, Lucky Day and um, Khalid. The one with Khalid was mid. Wasn't feeling it. Old Memories. They tried to make it like fucking Whitney Houston did with It's Not Right But It's Okay or um, I'm Every Woman. And it failed. You know, adding techno vibes to old memories. This is a sad song that doesn't require any drums. So that was just very useless. And that was just, that kind of dragged the project down. You know, some of the songs on the second disc was dragging the project down. If she would have just kept the best of everything, I think this would have been a classic. Um, Daffodils. I like the original version of Daffodils better than the remix. Paper Flowers. There wasn't a remix to Paper Flowers. Like Water. There wasn't a remix to uh, Like Like Water. Um, what else? What else? And then there was just an interlude left over. But. All in all, Keys is an excellent concept, a very interesting project, but some of those songs shouldn't have had drums. Some of them songs shouldn't have had remixes. Only a couple should have. Like, I like the Nat King Cole remix with Lil Wayne. Wayne was snapping on there. I'm saying, though. And um, the first thing that I ended up listening to out of everything... Tory Lanez dropped a new project called Alone at Prom. Now, I know what y'all was expecting, but this ain't what you expected. Now, a lot of fans are going to say that Tory was stealing The Weeknd style. Because a lot of the songs on the album channel that 80s electro pop shit that The Weeknd does. But that doesn't mean that this project isn't good. I don't think he meant to um, copy The Weeknd. But Tory has been known for stealing styles, stealing flows, stealing raps, stealing concept albums. But at least this album is a very awesome concept. This is pretty much like him channeling the music in the movies of the 80s. And then he just translated that into songs. And it definitely has that Lil Wayne rebirth, that weekend trilogy joint vibes on here. Like um, Enchanted Waterfall was pretty solid. Pink Dolphin Sunset was dope. Midnight's Interlude was crazy. The Color Violet, man, this definitely has the signature weekend sound, but on some of these songs he was sounding like Tori Tresman. Some of these albums songs he was sounding like Tori Jackson. Some of these songs was sounding like motherfucking Tory uh, Abel Abel lanes. Um Lavender Sunflower was good. I didn't care too much for Ballad of a Bad Man. Lady of Namnek. fire. My personal favorite song on here. It's Pluto's last comet. Man. Fire. Definitely a great, great song. Great song. 87 Stingray had complete 80s vibes. Hurt from Mercury. The second best song on the album. Man. That song right there touched the soul. It definitely touched the nerve. It definitely triggered me. Like, as he just says, like, why does it hurt so bad? Man, he was singing his ass off on there. Last Kiss of Nebulon was pretty solid as well. But, yeah, that's King Known Uncensored. You know what I'm saying? New Music Fridays, the week of uh, December 10th, and I'm out.